0: Welcome, everyone, to episode 15 of Riders and Fighters, a podcast. I'm your host, AJ Ortega, and since it's a week from WrestleMania, I thought it would be good to interview an independent pro wrestler, so I contacted my buddy, Dill Dempsey, and we talk about a number of things. We get into lots of stuff, like his start in wrestling, his influences and memories about training. And we get the story about a recent injury, an ACL tear, and how he's still contributing to the wrestling scene despite being temporarily sidelined. So make sure to stay tuned for that interview, and that's coming up in a moment. But really quickly, I did want to give a quick shout-out to friend of the show, Dalton Rasta, professional mixed martial artist. He's fighting on Friday at Bellator 256. He was on our last episode, uh, episode 14. And so he's on the prelims of that Bellator card, which starts on Friday at six Eastern. That's like four mountain for me. You know, five if you're in Central. And you can figure out the rest, right? Six Eastern. And you can watch that Bellator 256 headlined by Ryan Bader versus Leota the Dragon Machida. And that's on the Showtime app and it's like five bucks a month, you know, if you do the six month deal. And you also get, you know, Showtime Boxing, and you get shows and documentaries and things like that, movies. So I think it's actually pretty legit. You know, five bucks a month just for the fight stuff that I get to access. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, They don't sponsor me, but I want them to. I want some of that Showtime money, Um, and I'll keep plugging them. But, yeah, check that out, Bellator 256. Uh, Check out the prelims and see uh, Dalton Rasta. Lots of other good fights on there as well. And so I mentioned it's WrestleMania week, and it's a two-night event, Saturday and Sunday, WWE's biggest show, the Super Bowl of wrestling, as it were. And the two-night thing, that's a lot for me. Um, I didn't watch all of it last year, did I? No, I didn't watch all of it last year, even. And so I haven't kept up in a while, and I probably won't watch it in its entirety. I'll probably catch, uh, you know, the the good highlights I hear about or Somebody lets me know about. And it's being hosted by Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil. And I'm not sure why that's necessary with so many other options. I'm not so sure that people even consider Hulk Hogan relevant in 2021. Especially, you know, post-racist comments and being temporarily erased from WWE history. Then reinstated quietly. And now he's hosting the biggest show of the year. And I get that it's a strange year and a strange time for wrestling, and they're trying to uh, get eyes on the product at this time. But I just think there's so many better, more relevant hosts. You know, Gronkowski last year was interesting, a football star to host it. But he has a personality and a mainstream crossover fandom that, you know, NFL fans coming over to see what he's up to. And so I thought that was, you know, interesting last year. Titus O'Neil is good enough for this, you know, as a co-host, but... You know, I don't know about hosting a whole show, and I also think it's weird that they get the black guy to work with Hulk Hogan, you know, given the history that they booted him for, you know, racist comments. Yeah, all that stuff is is odd. I guess it's going to be six matches each night, more or less, and part of the deal is like, well, how do you watch it? It's no longer the traditional, you know, order the $50 pay-per-view from your TV kind of thing with streaming services. And the WWE Network, their streaming service was uh, – it's like defunct now in the U.S. and was absorbed by NBC and their app called Peacock. And I've never used the Peacock app, and I don't know anybody with it, to tell you the truth. Um, but I did know I, – I, you know, there's articles about how they were scrubbing the WWE library for old footage that isn't acceptable in NBC's eyes in 2021 – You know, the racial stuff, stuff that's too sexy or too violent. Basically, most of the Attitude Era, I'm guessing. And I'm not sure how much this app costs. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I won't be watching it, but I'm still, you know, plugged into the event happening this weekend. And the physical event, the COVID pandemic, meant that it was relocated from the L.A. area because it was going to be like WrestleMania Hollywood. That was the theme. But they ended up moving it, I think in January, they finalized the decision to move it to Florida. You know, moving it from California to Florida because California is California and Florida is Florida. Because they're governed differently and the uh, the pandemic is treated differently there. So Vince McMahon uh, took the show over there. And they're going to have like 45,000 people. And according to an article I read, they're going to have pods and social distancing, they say. I'm not sure what that looks like on TV, but I'm curious. I guess that's like 75% capacity of the stadium, according to this Forbes article I read. And so in comparison, you know, the, the Super Bowl had 25,000 people in attendance, and WWE is going to have about 20,000 more. Total of forty-five thousand. If they reach their goal, sell all their tickets. I haven't seen numbers yet. Don't know how ticket sales are doing, but we'll find out. We'll find out next week, and I'll maybe babble a few minutes about it. In any case, uh, that's enough of the babbling for now. Let's get to that interview. This is Dill Dempsey, professional wrestler on the independent scene there in South Texas, based out of Laredo. Enjoy. All right, I am joined here
1: with dill
0: dempsey pro wrestler from laredo how you doing dill
1: hey my man first of all thank you for having me here and uh, i've been doing good just going day by day and uh you know living positive vibes as best as i can cool cool
0: man i know you had a a little bit of a let's call it a roadblock a hiccup or something like that in terms of your wrestling career you had an injury we'll get to that soon enough it was a knee injury from what i understand i want to you know maybe hear some about that and 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 moving forward but what first got you into pro wrestling
1: when I was a kid I was I was like a pretty rowdy kid like a wild child I was like hard to you know settle down I guess I was like really hyper and uh my parents would try to find something like to calm me down like whether it be music something on TV or whatnot but uh just one day my mom happened to put on wrestling on tv and all of a sudden just bam right there i sat down like a rock and i watched like ever since i guess you know like the wrestling and the the violence of it like as a kid watched, got me you know got me into it and it's like wow this is so cool i want to do that too and uh you know years later got into the video games and figured out oh there's independent wrestling and here we are today long story short
0: that's interesting to me that your mom was the one that put that shit on the TV, and then you're like, <laughs> okay, well, this is interesting. Let me look at these guys, you know, with baby oil tights and tights and, and the illusion of fighting. Let me, let me latch on to right. <laughs> But I was, you know, same story for me, except I didn't end up as a wrestler. You did. One of my questions is, you know, you were a child at that point, but, you know, once you lo- move into, like, adolescence and then adulthood, did you do sports?
1: before you did the pro wrestling stuff I briefly did uh, not for very long periods of time but uh, I used to be in t-ball like when I was little that was like the first one I was in and then in the fourth grade I was in basketball for my school and in seventh grade I was in football and I just did that you know like to kind of I guess I just wanted to feel what it was like to like be in athletics and whatnot but to me it's like This is not wrestling, but hey, at least I'm like doing something, you know, because down in Laredo, there's no like school wrestling, you know, like the the mat wrestling, the amateur wrestling and all that. Like there's none of that. So I couldn't at the time understand the experience of it. So I was just like, well, let me at least do a sport and see how it feels, but nothing compared to it. And I was just like, well. Right. Like I just couldn't give my all to it, you know, and it wasn't fair. So I just did like a year probably of each just to like, oh, say I did it and try it tried it out, you know.
0: Yeah, I just get a taste of it. Like again, like a uh, late elementary school, middle school and stuff like that. I think it's interesting yeah. that you point out that there was an attempt to like seek uh, freestyle wrestling or Greco-Roman wrestling, what um, maybe our audience might understand as Olympic wrestling, right, mat wrestling, and that yes. this is a, a, a physical competition, and that you're like, well, pro wrestling comes from those roots, right? Again, pro wrestling is an illusion and it's a piece of theater and it's a piece of art and so on. But it comes from ancient Roman shit, you know, like that Greco-Roman style of mat wrestling and, and pinning another person and manipulating the body and so on. I think that's really interesting that it's not as popular as it should be, I think, you know, right. that that it wasn't a thing there in Laredo. And, and so you went to other sports and I think that's cool. I think that you know, seeking that athleticism, fitness, and so on is really cool. How and when did you make that leap? Because I've been acquainted with you for for many years, you as a wrestler, me as a referee. One of my things is that like you were young, and I run into a lot of young cats, I really do, you know, again, just the handful of gigs I've done, you run into some young talent. When did you move from that, like, okay, I'm going to try these kind of sports, but now I'm going to move into this pro wrestling world where I adopt a character. I I have to do these these feats of athleticism while being in character and, and, and acting
1: in, in, in a certain regard. How did you get into that world? Pretty much right when I found out that uh, there was such a thing as indie wrestling like around me because I always knew like, Oh, growing up, there was WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, like all those big companies at the time before we have like 20 big ones now that are on TV, which is amazing nowadays, you know? So for sure, for sure. I found that out in like, I believe it was twenty, late 2011, early to mid 2012 when I found out there was like in Laredo, there was a LWA, Five Star, uh, ROW, and they were like, joint at the time so they ran together or they ran separately but in the but sharing a lot of
0: talent and stuff like that for sure yeah yeah
1: like they would share talent and run different shows that's when i found out whoa this is actually possible here i didn't have to like because this was before there was a performance center this was before there was like a public place to be like hey want to be a wrestler at so-and-so go join here like before it was a big thing like in the late teens you know like 2013 when it was all open and stuff so yeah. when i found that out i was like oh i gotta try this out and uh a good friend of mine who lives in san antonio now but ran a shop in laredo uh the wrestling shop oscar zamaron a uh, big shout out to him by the way he ran the wrestling shop in laredo that was like full of memorabilia merchandise and figures and games and all that he ran or he helped out with lwa at the time before running his own promotion and me and my good friend, I'm sure you remember a uh, Kyrie, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're acquainted for sure. Yeah. I worked a couple gigs with him. Yes.
1: Yeah. He's a good guy. A uh, shout out to him again, by the way, Kyrie, me and him would be regulars at his shop like every few days until Oscar took a, a notice to us. He's like, yeah, you guys are young, right? Uh, would you want to be a wrestler? Like, he he kind of offered it to us at first, like, joking around because he didn't know we were really serious about it. But then <laughs> I great. talked to him, <laughs> yeah, because I didn't think about it either because I was still maybe 16, 17 at the time. And I was like, whoa, like, it it was mind-boggling to me still. And it took me a bit to process that wrestling was here in town and that was a chance to do it. So finally, in the summer of 2013, I talked to Oscar and uh, he seemed, you know, interested in what I had to say. And he's like, well, uh, how old are you right now? I'm like, I'm 17. And he's like, when do you turn 18? And it was in September. His next show was November that year. He's like, you know, just to be safe, let's work with 18. So in November, I'll give you a shot. I'm like, oh, crap, really? Cool. <laughs> you know? nice. And this was, yeah, this was a, a wide-eyed 18-year-old at the time who didn't, and spoilered, who didn't understand like the kinks of the business just like oh think of it as the best way i could describe it is the movie ready to rumble with david arquette yeah i remember that that movie yeah The, the wcw movie for sure yeah yes like he didn't understand like the aspects of it he was like still just a fan of it and like that was me at the time and i was like whoa i get to do this you know not knowing what i'm getting myself into and then there's me buying like this uh so-called "quote-unquote" gear from Academy just to somewhat look like a wrestler. And, uh, yeah, just like some, I debuted some, in a Royal Rumble. Some bootleg Under Armour, right? Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's great, Dylan. Again, folks, I was eighteen, didn't know. I got smart enough eventually, and I'm like, "Great, right, let me get my own stuff," you know. Yes. And uh, so was it a Rumble?
0: And so let's. Let me, I'm going to pause you there, and so tell me. So, it. so you're saying. You show up in a rumble at a certain point. Let's rewind a little bit into the training. I'm always curious about people being thrown into a new environment, specifically Ooh. in a training and coaching environment. And the wrestling world is weird as shit. And so I'm yeah. always curious. Like, you know, I've been in kung fu gyms, boxing gyms in those first week or two. They, you know, they, certain stuff happens and so on. But the wrestling world is quite different professional wrestling and this act of theater and this act of athleticism being combined tell me about the early training
1: you see that's a really good one because i was actually going to sort of tie into that with that previous question because it kind of goes hand in hand but when it comes to the latter part like the part of the character and theater and audience and all that i was ever since i believe uh, uh i was a sophomore in high school i was uh into theater like i took classes there and i was like oh this is fun you know this is as close as to wrestling as i'm gonna get without being physical because i understand it's you know audience character work and all that and that leads to college where i got a minor in a uh, theater arts that's awesome and, uh,
0: that's awesome
1: yeah my major is communications with a minor in theater arts which is the best part so that that part alone i feel like i somewhat aced because I was prepared for this for quite some time but when it comes to the training aspect uh and then I've said this before I'm not ashamed to say it because of how long I've been doing this but I was barely like trained at all to be very honest because again I was just still in the mindset of oh like uh I'm gonna be a wrestler like I'm just like I thought of it as a season mode in a wrestling game I just create myself and I'm right there instantly. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, but before I did the rumble, uh, I was invited to, uh, I believe it was, yeah, it was Iron. It was at a gym called Iron Body in Laredo where I did like nothing but rolls, like front rolls, back rolls, core rolls, like the basic rolls. But that's all I did for like maybe a few sessions, like only a few sessions. Cause I was like, okay, maybe this is like evasiveness or like balance stuff. You know, like this was me, Thinking of it at the time before I got into the rumble, not knowing yet how to bump properly, do moves. I somehow survived, but I didn't do anything stupid. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, you know, I was a kid, but I wasn't, you know, stupid. Like, hey, let me try hurricane rana. Let me do a move. <laughs> like not nah, you know. Sure, sure, sure. So to kind of, unless this was a later question, like I was gonna say, I was gonna leave it up to you. I was gonna say. How I finally found proper training and how, like, the two schools that I went to and stuff. Yeah, tell me, please. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I didn't know if it was like a before and after, but yeah, I'll combine it right now. No, no, so.
0: it's it's just we're we're loose, man. It's a it's a loose conversation. You you take any direction you want, man. Yeah, I
1: love it. I love
0: oh, it. You're great, good, good storyteller so far. So go for it. Go
1: for it. Cool, cool, cool. All right, my man, I got you. So this was in twenty late 2013 when I started, and I remember I don't. I guess I could qualify this one as a training, but it was only my second ever match later. And uh, the guy I was facing was kind of like rough at the time. he was kind of like a an old school guy. And he's like, whoa, you don't know how to bump yet. What are you doing? And uh, he made me uh, hit the ropes and bump at least 75 times. <laughs> so it was, oh my God, <laughs> not knowing how to do it. He's telling me, oh, like, your elbows don't hit like that oh you have to have flat palms and uh, yeah flat
0: palms <laughs> attack the mat all yeah. those things I've, I've, seen a, I've seen very little of that and it's like oh um, and again just observing it I'm like oh, three yeah. of those in a row like one takes the wind out of you you know like I you know like I it's one of those things like I remember like I remember being you know 15 16 falling out of a tree flat on my back on and and just being oh. like the, the wind knocking I'm like you just got to acclimate yourself to that to be a wrestler because that's the back bump, right? Like, And so yeah, you fair. do it 75 times, so number 76 is a little bit easier.
1: Just a bit, but, you know, like, he wasn't, like, I'm saying it now as if, like, I'm going back in time to, and I know what I had to do, but he was just, like, adamant and, I'm like, oh, just this, this, and that, because he, I don't know, he just, I, like, wanted to really test me and he I was going to face him at that show and he just wanted me to learn, like, a basic thing but it's like no man just keep doing it but he wasn't exactly very helpful it was just kind of like oh let's just see him do it versus like oh trying to help which i eventually learned you know growing up but that was like my first bumping session if you could call it that so (laughs) that was early 2014 and now we have to skip about a year and a half later to where uh like i knew of the the place for like ever since i started but i never really got to meet the guy behind it and i'm I know you know him very well, but uh, Ben Bones? Of course. Yeah. I finally got acquainted with him like in the late summer of 2015 where finally uh, it took some convincing in touch because he didn't really know me that well and I was like "Quote unquote" with the other company because that's when there was drama back then. With that, unfortunately, it's like that with wrestling. It's like uh, I think it's part of it it is
0: part of the wrestling world. You know, there's a little bit of drama, competing promotions and stuff like that. But yeah, Ben Bones, good man. Uh, He gave me my first refereeing gig through Luis Spartan Ramirez. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) and so and so five star wrestling has a special place in my heart, and in my and in my own, you know, very minimal uh refereeing history that ben bones a founder of five-star wrestling yes. was was quite good to me and again i uh, yeah shout out to him for sure
1: oh yeah big shout out to ben you know he basically sort of started the fuel of the rocket strap to get me out there because he trained me from like bottom to as far as he could at, like the best that he could because it was kind of like oh like i'm going to show you what i like his mentality and this is like a big mentality that i have is like hey I'm going to show you all that I know, but when I'm done showing you, don't be afraid to go out there and go to someone else because they may know what I don't know. They may know more. They may know how to fix that and fix this. And that's why my mentality, not to just stick to one place until like you graduate and it's like, okay, I'm just going to be stuck there.
0: Yeah, you should I, have lots of teachers yeah. in whatever craft you have. I'm a big believer of that. Like you got to have a lot of different teachers because they only have a certain amount of tools in their toolbox. And that's even me as an English professor and creative writing teacher. I'm like that's one of the things you – I'm like if you want to take another one of my classes, cool. But maybe take somebody else's class because it's going to open your eyes to other philosophies that I don't have. And that's a, that's a thing in all crafts including pro wrestling. That's awesome. I, I, that's a that's a that's a good good thing to notice at that young of an age. I think
1: definitely it opened up my eyes too. Like with a lot of things that he showed me and the students he trained. And a bit of a fun fact: I'm the last graduate of Ben Bones' class before he had to move because of a of course his job. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. So five star closed for like a little bit, like for about a good year and a half until the man you mentioned Luis Spartan Ramirez is now the head trainer of five star and I still go you know to get my reps to help out as much as I can he's basically said I'm like his second you know versus where he's the actual trainer the one that has like the graduate right and like the one like he basically makes the decisions but I'm like the the second you know like oh hey Dill like yeah i've There's seen the exam. you i've
0: seen you on the, the 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 five-star instagram and stuff working out with them and, and and stuff like that yeah definitely yeah so shout out to spartan Ramirez, episode one, Oh yeah episode one of riders and fighters so <laughs> Ooh,
1: good stuff good stuff. plug <laughs> yeah big plug and like this goes back to what uh like the final part of it to what i said about uh ben mentioning about different uh trainers different trainings uh once i graduated, I was pretty much I don't want to say stuck, but I was pretty much just in Laredo in that time for most of the time, rolling around elsewhere and uh trying to help people with the little like basics and stuff that they needed. And uh that's what kind of helped me out. Like we grew with each other like in the ROW. Shout out to them in Laredo where I went. And that's where I was once five star was temporarily closed until this was around 2018. Uh, and this is a huge shout out to this man as well, Randy Mack. When I met him, when he moved to Texas for a yeah. former WWE superstar, Randy Mack, since day one, we instantly clicked. Like he liked uh, something about me, like basically how my character was and some things in the ring. And he's like, Oh, like one of these days I would love to train with you and, uh, teach you stuff that I know and polish up some of the things that I see. And, uh, this eventually led to the Dog Pound Wrestling Dojo being opened in San Antonio last summer. And now I go back and forth to Five Star and Dog Pound in San Antonio. So I'm with both of them at the moment. So I'm representing both trainings right now.
0: No, that's great. That's awesome. And so at a certain point, you get, you, you get your wrestling chops and this and that. Uh, you're, you're training quite a bit. How do you seek bookings and appearances as a wrestler? And so you're connected with a couple of promotions, but again, like you want to spread it around, right? And so, yeah. h- how do you how do you go about that? Because I heard you were the most booked guy from Laredo. I, I, oh, I, boy. I, I heard something <laughs> like that on the
1: interwebs. I don't know. You tell me. I
0: don't know.
1: I don't know about right now, but maybe before uh, this injury. Uh, right <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that soon enough. Yeah, we'll so, get to that, folks. We'll don't, to worry, don't worry, don't <laughs> worry. We got an order to keep here. Yeah, it's all good. Well, that's the funny thing because this goes back to one of the first things I've heard in training. When it comes to wrestling, there's no blueprint. Everybody has a different path, which eventually leads somewhere. You know, it's not just, oh, here's A, B, and C. You know, it's like A here we go. And now it's all these different routes and including bookings as well. It can go from uh, sometimes by word of mouth. Hey, we heard someone dropped out of the car. We got this worker from Laredo who uh, has so-and-so experience trained by who maybe gave him a shot, or it could be as simple as posting a highlight video on social media. It could get someone's attention for something that you did or simply reaching out, you know, just throwing feelers out there to different promotions or Talking to someone who's reputable in a certain promotion, like, hey, is it possible if you could give me a good word, I could go over there, shake some hands, maybe have a tryout, help out. Like, There's a lot of elements, to be honest. There's no, in my opinion, a set way to do it. Everybody operates differently when it comes to promotions and who they look for and who they book and such is what I've learned over time.
0: No, that, that, that's, a, that's a, a, a really good observation in that there's several different avenues in terms of getting your name out there. Things like word of mouth, social media, so-and-so said this guy's pretty good, should we book him? Putting your, 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 your highlight reels out there and things like that. And, and it's one of those things, it's like, well, independent wrestler means you're independent. It means you, Yes. right? And so you got to project what you, what you think is best to get you booked.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Tell me a little bit about maybe your favorite memories in the ring. Like anybody you've worked with particular shows or matches where you've put in the reps and you're like, man, that that's a good memory. That was a cool match. That was something that propelled me somewhere.
1: Technically, I would have two because uh, one is like for the memory aspects because of uh, involving the crowd and having them feel something versus where. The other one that I'm going to mention is uh, one that would eventually propel me to even bigger things just by doing something so little that meant so much. So the first one, um, this one, I guess would be a little bit cheesy, but I mean, this one's a very personal one to me in the sense of like, oh, it's like a movie movie slash storybook ending in a funny in a good way yeah, is. Course. uh, Yeah, this was back in a and I'm good with dates by the way. So if I mention random dates, it's like, wait a minute, how does he know all this? Just good memory at the moment. And that's it? awesome. But that's great. You're yeah. lucky. <laughs> I'm a at date kind of guy. It's weird, you know, but <laughs> this was back in February, 2018, where uh, it was a benefit show in Laredo where it was the funds were going to my father at the time that was battling stage four pancreatic cancer. And it was like this big, like, big in the sense of like I'm surprised how many people went and donated and took their time to the show in a great way like it's a very special place to my heart and especially regarding the match Uh, and this is a a big shout out to Ricky Soise as well a guy that I've worked for so many years on and off and we just we're just like you know sunlight and daytime we click very well and we always have I'm not sure why but we always have and it's like that night it showed as well because it was a classic old school story of like, Oh, here's the man who's fighting like for his father defending his championship against this heel who just doesn't, you know, give a damn. He's just a prick. It's funny. It's kind of a role reversal because usually I'm that guy, but he was that guy tonight. That's awesome. So it was kind of a breath of fresh air, you know? So we had the match and uh, everything went well for the most part, despite it being a bit misty because it was kind of raining, but nothing pouring thankfully. So we didn't have to, postpone that show or at the end of it so what's hilarious is i found this out after the fact which makes this a little bit bittersweet but amazing is uh what originally was gonna happen which did happen is that he eventually cheated to roll me up using the ropes to win the title at that show and it will eventually lead to uh, the announcer going, like, hey, wait a minute. And he went very passionate in this. Like, it almost broke me in a good way. He's like, hold on there, Swazze. On a night that we're battling cancer, we're not going to let this crap happen. We're going to have a fair finish. You know, I'm like,
0: Come on. That's so pro wrestling. It's fucking yeah, beautiful. It That's, and it's like people from the up listening to this that aren- maybe aren't pro- plugged into pro wrestling. Wow, that's a beautiful thing, again, because we know it's a piece of theater, but you've included this thing that's quite real to you, and and again, in the hero and villain story, like, throwing it in there, that's that's the the thing I love about wrestling, the storytelling. I was like, that is a beautiful thing to me.
1: I love that. Oh, yeah. Big shout out to Lieutenant Dan. He went hard on that promo. <laughs> so he, he sold it really well. And eventually it got restarted. It was like a a quick little back and forth finally got the huge win and it was like an amazing support factor there and what I didn't know before that is when he originally won and took the title the APW open openweight title apparently my dad uh, was next to Kyrie at the time because he's the one that told me and oh man I'm going to say it as best as I can because honestly I don't I don't care if that's just me but I know how to like work around it of course, but when he, saw, yeah, when he saw that decision he's like Oh, what kind of bullshit is this? And whoa, my Kyrie was like, "Wait, wait, calm down." I think something's gonna happen. <laughs> it's Just part wait.
0: of a bit, pops. <laughs> yeah,
1: Kyrie didn't know that second finish was gonna happen, so I think he calmed him down perfectly. And then when the real one happened, yeah, my boy. You know, he was like that kind of death You know. And I was like, damn, he, he believed that finished, Jesus. <laughs> no,
0: again, and that's like, like, I've gotten emotional over you know wrestling on TV, but then there's a, a personal connection there. When you're live, the storyline has to do with you. Like that's, that's, Again, that is the power of storytelling and the power of pro wrestling and that it can actually move people. Like, oh, yeah, like I want to be moved emotionally whenever I'm taking if I'm watching TV show or if I'm if I'm reading a book or if I'm watching a pro wrestling match, like if I'm looking at any piece of art, like I want to be moved. I want something emotionally has to happen, whether it's me laughing my ass off or me getting angry (laughs) like your pops did. (laughs) Like, that's awesome, man. I I think that's great. Tell me and, and, and let's go let's let's go real. Again, you and I are acquainted. We've worked together here and there on a couple a uh, couple shows. And you and I both may be like on social media are quite open with our um losing our people, right? And you uh, you know, you allude to your your pops um, being ill. And yeah. and 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 losing your old man and then still persisting through your craft. I lost my my little bro at, at, in 2014 than my pops in 2016 you know you still have shit you gotta do things you wanna get off the ground and your people aren't there right but you've persisted through that and I've observed it and admired it tell me about that and losing your pops but still persisting through that shit that he saw you doing like the pro wrestling thing like you're doing that thing you wanted to do and now he's not around
1: I, I totally get you, man. I'm, I'm open to it, you know, as tough as it is, you know, it's been three years and it's never going to be easy, but like, it's still a very good story in my opinion about, you know, perseverance and keeping on going as much as your loved ones are suffering, you know? For so sure, for sure. back in August, 2017, it was actually at the Lucha at the library show, the, I think third one, 56? Yeah. The third one yeah. that very day, Is when I found out because he's been battling the pancreatic cancer at the time for almost a year. So he was persevering as best as he could because he had stage two B at the time. But on that very day is when I found out it moved to stage four, like the morning, afternoon. No way! So it was like I was at that gig. I worked that gig. I saw that. Yeah, hung
0: out. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that was your final
0: show, wasn't it, or or was it next year? Uh, It was the third or fourth one, but yeah, I think it was the third one. I did the first three, I I believe
1: three. But yeah, and that was
0: when I was like, and it's one of those things really quickly, Dylan. Is I we'd been around each other, and you were always one of the guys that was like, "Hey, AJ, what's up? How are you doing?" And I appreciated that, like going into locker room when you're when you're not uh, one of the regular dudes. You know how it is. Oh, I yeah. wanted to thank you. And I'm going to thank you in front of everybody listening that I always just appreciated that you were just kind and like inviting and, and just really nice. And most people in the wrestling world are nice, you know, and yeah, but but <laughs> that you were particularly like, hey, AJ drove down. here. Hey, what's up? And and so I appreciate that. And I was at that gig, dude, that Lucho at the library in, at Laredo. And that's when you heard your pops got the bad diagnoses. That morning,
1: oh yeah, dude, it was it was a whirlwind of emotions, and like that day, definitely distracted me because it was I was with a bunch of good people and good vibes all around, and uh, yeah, I mean, no need to thank me, man. It's because my philosophy is like, hey, we're wrestlers second, but humans beings first. You know, I don't want to get that twisted, then that'd be different. You know, that's my opinion on that. Of course,
0: beautiful, beautiful. So,
1: So when I found out that day it was also very special because that's the day I won the internet title at five-star. So it was like a big old distraction in a good way for not only me, but my family as well. Cause both my parents were there and they didn't always go to that together because I guess my dad was like, not very much of a, ah, what would the word be? Like he didn't really like going to gatherings as long as it was like, maybe, Oh, just with my mom, like at a small, like bar at a small concert or like with their family friends. But when it came to wrestling and certain shows, it's like, heck yeah, we're going to go. And especially Lucha at the library shows, they went to a good chunk of those, honestly. So it was really awesome. for that. You know, he lasted to his detriment a lot longer than doctors estimated because he was in his, I believe at that time in his early fifties, late forties, battling this, like he wasn't even, you know expected to last more than around three or four more months from what I heard because it's like the worst stage for a guy his age it's like you know the time's not there you know unfortunately and another uphill thing I was going through was my senior year in college and I was graduating that May in 2018 like for sure because that was one of the big things my dad wanted me to pursue an education as like best as I can and like he never forced it upon me but I always wanted to is like, Hey, have a plan B just in case, unfortunately, wrestling wouldn't work. And that's what I worked for on the side with wrestling. So that was a big thing. And I remember, I believe this was a few weeks before he wasn't really able to speak anymore. One of the last things he told me was like, not to worry, not to give up and just keep on, especially because I was so close to graduation. It's like, please focus on that. And like, it'll take care of the rest, you know? So my mom and uh, the nurses and family friends were all around him while I was going through finals, worrying about him, worrying about wrestling. So it was like a triple threat of chaos in my head. And I remember, like, I don't want to say, it's because to me, I never experienced anything like losing a very close family member that I see every day until around that time. So it took me a little while to like, adjust to like oh my God, what's going on here you know it, when I saw that he was really bad the last you know few weeks and such I remember it was so real to the point five days before I went to the valley for a booking and uh, I remember this was May 5th, 2018 a few days before and I had a obligated booking over in San Benito, Texas in the valley and I remember this was the day it's sort of, Got real for me because I remember, like, my mom was never re- opposed to me going, especially like during this time, because she felt that, like, in her mind, seeing that I'm just a, a young man, I was like 22, 23 at the time, going to be 23 later, that if I saw this, that it might might get me, you know, down, you know, to the point where I may not pull through, like, for college and what, and, like that was her mentality, like, you know, she's like, hey. I don't want you to see you go through this a whole lot if you need the distraction totally understandable and that's when she pulled me to the side and it was like look I'm not going to tell you if anything happens but when you get home that's when you know because you're going to be driving and all that and two and a half almost three hours to and from and There's it's a like risk there, sure. it's, yeah if I got that text while during that it's like oh no you know what would my mentality would be down and who knows what would have happened, you know yeah
0: pull over in the middle of nowhere texas and just be a mess like come on yeah no that's awesome
1: yeah legit you know big shout out to her and thankfully when i got home you know he was still there and i was like okay and that was the last show i had while he was around and i know that for sure because i remember i think it was that monday if i'm not mistaken that upcoming monday where all of a sudden, he got put into hospice in Laredo, and that's when it hit me even more. I'm like, something like you know, this was a weird process for me because I never went through something like it's all this. Foreign, it's that
0: all past. it's all foreign. For, yeah,
1: yeah. And that was the week of finals, and I was taking my last maybe two or three. Like that part's still hazy to me because I wasn't focused on it to be honest. But I had to because I remembered his words and my mom's words, and it's like. I got to do this. I got to distract myself for several hours on campus or at home studying as best as I can. So when it came to classes and even training, I think I was still going to training. Surprisingly, I would always right. visit afterwards for a little bit, like before hours were visiting hours were closed or well, not closed, but I think only a limited amount of people could stay. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that was the tricky part or it's like, oh, you need right. to go study planning. You were here for hours. Yeah. So I would see him those few days. And then I remember it was because I think it was a Thursday, May 10th. It was the day before I remember I was with him and I think I had a final that tomorrow or that Friday or something like that. Like that's the part I'm confused on. Like I know for sure Friday, I had a show in the morning at a school and then afternoon and night in San Antonio. I remember it was four hours before. And I told him, you know, like, hey, like, I love you. I'll see you tomorrow after school and whatnot, you know, still not understanding fully, like, whoa. How close. Yeah. Yeah. And this was, like you said, naive, foreign of me, you know, not knowing. And then I remember, like, a few minutes after midnight, like, that Thursday I got the call from my mom. And, you know, it was peaceful, you know, like, he eventually – had that big gasp as they say like right right before Uh Uh and a few minutes later just slowly but surely you know like within a few minutes and she was like i want you to stay home i'll be home in a couple of hours i'm gonna let you know what's gonna happen and right there like i was just
0: yeah i had
1: to call my friends you know like i talked to three of my closest friends and my then girlfriend at the time and we like that was the distraction and for sure like that i'm gonna be okay i needed before she got home because i was alone while my mom and her friends were like over there tending to him and i remember literally i got calls like once the news came out of like hey if you don't want to wrestle on friday which would be tomorrow technically you're totally fine i'm like no dude i need to do this i need to show up a distraction yeah like i had to buck up you know like it's like i don't want to be at home thinking i want to be distracted and doing what i continue to love for him and now i'm doing it for him for everybody that's going through something and needs something to fight for and that's what's one of been the main things i've been doing ever since and it's because of those last several months that i mentioned that were very rough you know going through all that wow dude
0: what a powerful story and again your your mom just being such a soldier And boys in the wrestling community, again, being in your corner, again, as as tragic as a story is, like, there's that beautiful part of it is that, you know, your pop saw you do your shit, you know, the wrestling stuff. And you're like, okay, well, I can go still do that gig. You know, I did the same thing when (laughs) I when my old man passed away. I was like, I got to go do a conference, you know, like halfway across the country and come back. And, you know, I just buried him and go and get on a plane. And go and go actually go talk about wrestling. (laughs) I think it was in Philly or DC. I forget where East Coast. It's all a blur now. Like you said, it's just it's it's yeah. It It is kind of a blur. But shout out to your pops, hundred percent. Shout out to your family. I think it's awesome, and and it was one of those things I observed because I always saw when you would be like, oh, I got good grades and this and that, and you and then you graduated. You know I believe in education. I'm, a, I'm an English professor and stuff like this, and so yeah. that was one of those things. I was like, "Oh, Dylan's doing his stuff wrestling wise, but he's also getting himself a degree." I love and admire that your your folks um, planted that in you, but weren't like beating you over the head with it. But that you were like, "I oh. got to do this. It's a practical, smart thing to do," you know. And there's good schools there in fucking Laredo, dude. I mean, it's again the the CC there and the and the and the university and stuff. It, it's it's uh yeah, you have good opportunities there for sure.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely, man. It was a journey with college.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that um, your pops had an impression on you. I don't even have to ask that. Like, I know you looked up to your old man. Let's oh, shift yeah. back to the pro wrestling world. Like, who do you look up to in terms of, like, pro wrestling superstars or independent wrestlers that you think are are pretty sharp? Like, like who are maybe your influences or inspirations in terms of uh, your craft of pro wrestling?
1: When it comes to, like uh... – the big stars um that would kind of like be a two-part answer because one is like what you were alluding to when it comes to the craft, but then another is kind of like to the presence and who this guy was is still is basically and it's like that's what inspired me to keep on like trying and keep on going but uh i mean as much of a, a bad rep as this guy gets but when it comes to the style uh definitely guys like uh like a Chris Benoit or a dynamite kid like that catches catch can, like aggressive wrestling style that looks not only believable, but it's also highly athletic, highly intense. And I'm trying to like aspire that. Like when it comes to the, like what we mentioned way back when, when it came to like the Greco rowing and the grappling, it's like, that's the essentials of it. Because what does the marquee say wrestling? And I'm a big proponent of that. And I know wrestling is multi- uh like there's multiple definitions of it especially with professional wrestling because it's uh there's a lot of different styles involved there's drama there's the theater portion of it that you mentioned so like guys like that and kurt angle especially Those are
0: the the ones i was going to throw in there when you mentioned ben juan dynamite kid and then somebody who has a similar style but like newer and adapted to that kind of um attractive uh, style Kurt Angle being again uh, that aggressive there's a certain amount of legitimacy with those kinds of guys that have um you know a version of the 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 shoot fighting background shoot wrestling I should say and 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 yeah that that explosiveness and that like okay well this is the illusion of fighting but it has to look like fighting
1: yeah at least in a sense yeah Mm -hmm. like when it comes to that portion of it that's And there's many more, but those are the ones that have like stood out to me growing up. And when it comes to the other side of it and also how good he really, really was all this time, the undertaker, especially for like how much respected that he is throughout the business and that he's kept himself like relevant all this time for over 30 years without changing too, too much. Minus being like, you know, the American badass, but then look what happened. Boom, back to the dead man. And sure. no one really complained, you know. And that yeah, the longest gone- longevity
0: of a of a wrestler aside from Ric Flair, maybe, maybe like
1: yeah, Ric Flair's close, if yeah, not, yeah, right there. But yeah. but yeah,
0: right up there. But again, that he he didn't waver from the gimmick. He didn't. um Again, that there was. He's never not been around, <laughs> right? And so you can't right. ignore people. It's fresh. like whenever I think, you know, you got to look at whatever the thing is that you're doing and you're looking at that same area or arena for inspiration or idols and things like this, well, look just at the very top and then study them. And and, yep. and why are they at the very top, right? If you're in basketball, how are you not looking at everything LeBron is doing, right? The Michael Jordans of the world and, and the Curries of the world. And then pro wrestling, we have the same versions of that. Like even as a subset, like in the – the the refereeing world, right? Like, and like, I'm like, there's a handful of referees. I'm like, they're, they're extra good. And so how do you zero in on that and study them and learn something from that? So I think undertaker might be one of the best, if not the best uh, example
1: of that. Oh, definitely. And to go a little bit more active, a guy like Randy Orton over the years and still going strong and being so simple yet so effective. And it's like, He's a guy to definitely study because of pacing, character, and uh, just how he's been doing the 20 plus years. And he's still high level. He's still in like a main storyline nowadays. It's like, oh, he's not like the guy that's like, oh, I'm going to pass the torch to to the young guys. It's like, no, he's still at a high caliber main event level all this time. Several years in him still, totally. Yeah, again definitely. because
0: he has a very economical a- approach and people may argue that well, he's not super exciting and this and that. I'm like, but he's the most consistent. He doesn't get injured, he yep. doesn't injure people. Like like that's the best employee you could hire, right? And he still definitely. he still has a draw. He's always gonna, too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. A, a, is a good
1: one for sure. Oh yeah, definitely, man.
0: Mm-hmm. So, tell me about the injury. I know that's... Here we are. It's a heartbreaker. (laughs) Fuck. And so, tell me about the injury and the aftermath and
1: the plans now. Whew. Alrighty. So, and this was a good time to ask it too because of what I know now because it took a little bit of time to know what was going on and the extent of it because the only other wrestling injury I really suffered was a dislocated shoulder back in 2016, but... Thankfully, it was just that there was no tears, no breaks. Oh, that's minimal especially, compared to
0: shit that can happen for sure.
1: Definitely. You know, and the big concern was like, oh, if the torn labrum, you need surgery because it's possible if you dislocate it that severe, there may be a chance. But over the years, it's like, you know, I haven't had many issues with it and I was still going strong, like at a high level as best as I can. So I'm like, okay, like my shoulder may bug me in cold weather but i mean that's normal with injuries you know everybody goes through that but i'm good with that thankfully and when it came to this one this was this started back in february 21st of this year and it was at a local show called lucha maniacs in laredo a relatively new show like they've only been running since uh i think september or august of last year like they're very fresh but they're getting a lot. acclaim already for the stars they're bringing so it was just a normal day like there was a seminar the day before and i the day before sorry before the show hours before and everything was good and i was the third match on the card out of like several of course it was like maybe nine or ten it was like a big show and i wasn't thinking anything of it you know because i was in the ring beforehand doing a seminar or participating in one and the ring felt good then I was in the ring a little bit beforehand to try some things. Okay, it's good. But the thing is with that ring, unfortunately, and uh, and this is not, you know, talking down because it's true. Many people can attest to this. That ring over the years has somewhat deteriorated, like mainly with the padding and the, the positioning of the boards, like being... I guess loose or unstable after yeah, like there's deep like spots and high amount. spots.
0: Yeah, I've worked on those. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've worked on yeah, several definitely. rings like that. Sure. Yeah, it's part of the yeah. indie wrestling world. Unfortunately, sure, hundred percent. Oh yeah,
1: and a bit of a spoiler. I found that out later, but I'll get to that in a second. You know, I don't want to cut corners here. We're getting the scoops here. But either way, so, um, you <laughs> got you, brother. I got you. So, um, I didn't think anything of it. Everything was fine, and uh, I was in a tag team match with a. I'm not sure if you ever met him or heard of him, but uh, Raxo, a big guy, uh, he has like half a, no, well, he, I think he started right when you were out the door from Laredo, like right around that time. But uh, me and him have been like, you know, road pals, tag team partners, been arrivals, good friends for quite some time. So I was teaming up with him that day and he was taught old school in the sense of taking care of the ring and making sure everything's good like that was one of the things i was taught to but he takes it to his credit to a very high level which is very respectable of him so this does not fall on him whatsoever for sure but so during like our entrance and stuff i know i was just doing a promo while we were doing our entrances and i had the match in mind i'm like okay this is gonna be so fun i already got the crowd riled up as best as i could but I didn't notice this until the playback of the video, but he was looking at the ring that a concerned like He's like, something looks off here. Like he was trying to fix up some boards and such, which unfortunately those boards were very visible because the skirts were not even tied properly. Cause it was th- like a little bit rushed. Unfortunately throughout the show for sure. I'm not exactly sure why, but it's like, okay, I've been in way worse situations. I've been in smaller rings that are like not that well, of obviously. Course, so of course, I'm like, this is just another Sunday to me, you know, like, okay, here we go. Let's have a match, you know? And the first half, everything was going fine. Cause it was about almost a 10 minute match, to be honest with everything that happened. And about halfway into it, there was a deal where, uh, I was getting lifted up to land on my feet, like basically off of a back suplex, but I got pushed off to land, you know, sure. on my feet. And I braced myself like normal, like every single day, like, boom, I braced myself because there's a certain way to brace yourself for a fall. And that part was fine. It wasn't exactly the fall. It was my right leg happening to land on one of the boards that was down and right. Cause you get mm-hmm. me like, you expect the landing, like here's the ring. You land landed. Right. And you flex but, and like, you well. kind of get your body ready to land at that. Juncture, yeah, and, but it's three inches
0: shorter or whatever on the right side or something.
1: Yes, perfect description. Wow. And right when it happened, oh, it happened like a shotgun blast, it felt very fast. And I knew something was up because I'm like, yo, this is bad. Like, oh, the way me. I could describe the landing is if you stepped on a soda can and it crushes straight down. That's oh, what I felt. Oh, like, I didn't fuck, feel. Dude. Yeah, like I didn't feel any twists, any bends. And even looking back in the video, which I'm going to get to, it didn't look like that. You see the culprit right there. My foot is on and you see where the gap happens, where it sinks down, where it's not supposed to. It was on that one board that wasn't able to get fixed because Raxo, even in the video, and this shows how much he cares. He was moving the boards while like I was about to do something. Even
0: him up. Yeah, for sure
1: yeah but that one it board was unfortunately yeah. yeah for sure and I knew if I continued this would be worse because that's the kind of pain I felt and I'm like what the hell just happened like I don't know if it was my ankle or if it was something with my leg because I was totally unknown to it at the time so I threw up the x and I went to the back and I was a mixture of emotions I was confused annoyed angry I'm like no, I want to finish this, but I don't know if I can. But then finally, like three minutes later, the promoter or one of the bookers was like, hey, they're about to go home. I'm like, nah, screw this. So I went back up with adrenaline, went out there and we knew the finish, thankfully. And Rex kind of looked at me, he's like, oh yeah, you're good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom, he's like, finish, finish. Okay, cool, cool, cool. We went into the finish flawlessly and bam, we got to the end like nothing, And the thing I've always said is adrenaline's a hell of a feeling, you know, and I felt okay, but I knew something was up. Like when I finally got to take my boot off and my knee pad down for a while, it still felt like I was wearing a knee pad. I knew something was wrong. I'm like, what is going on? And I was up and down trying to keep it moving a bit and I felt okay. But there was like, noticeably a limp and sure. i knew what was gonna happen. when i woke up i knew this was going to feel so much worse because adrenaline and here we are i woke up that monday morning so much worse and i'm like what the hell like ow you know like i couldn't bend it back right. all the way it still felt like i was wearing maybe two knee pads instead of one like it felt like it was a big old swelling which right. it was it was like on my calf and around my knee area. I'm like, what the heck? And I heard the opinions of everybody, like when they saw the video and when they, when I told them what I was feeling, they're like, Oh, it's maybe just a strain rather than an actual terror. Cause if it's an actual terror, you wouldn't walk be walking right now. Yeah. Like you wouldn't be walking. You'd feel so much more pain and all that. So I took a few days off from training until that Thursday at five star. And for the most part, Everything was okay. Just with certain movements and rolls, it was very stiff and there was some pain. So it's like, okay, I got to adjust myself, but I was still able to do some sequences and some bumps like normal. I was like, well, I'll be a bit limited, but as long as I take ibuprofen and wrap up, I think I'll be okay. You know, it came down on a Saturday at uh, Irving, Texas, or was it? No, Carthage, Texas, way up East Texas for... SWE Fury. I mean, shout out to those guys as well. That's one of the shows Rodney got me on as well, which is nationally televised on the CW and it's all online and such. So it's a pretty big deal over there that's starting to grow. And before the show, there's always a clinic or a training slash seminar. That's like their old school uh, terminology of it. And again, you know, doing the roles, I was okay. But uh, for those, that know the term, uh, there's a term called an up and over where you basically run to the corner. You kind of do a big squat, like a little squat, jump up and do a meal kick, like animation to where you land in the middle of the ring. It's like an evasive dodge in a way. So when I landed, same exact impact, but much worse because okay. it was from a greater height. And I felt the same thing. Soda can bam, fell down. And I'm like, God, what the hell is going on here? Like, this is serious now. Like, what the hell? And I, I think that's what aggravated it. Because again, once the adrenaline sort of went down faster, because it wasn't during a match, same thing, the calf in my knee area, the early predictions, because it was an EMT there, the early prediction was like, oh, it might be something with the MCL or the meniscus. And I'm like,
0: crap.
1: Yeah, that sounds just, know, again, like, you
0: know, those injuries, you've heard them forever, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: And I'm like, Jesus, like, what am I going to do? Because I've never been out for an extended period of time, minus the dislocated shoulder. but That was only technically six weeks. And that was when I was barely getting my foot on the gas pedal. So it wasn't like right now where I'm almost every weekend doing something somewhere, at a high level as best as I can. So this time I finally listened to my body and I was like, okay, I'm going to get an appointment. I'm going to get checked and everything. And of course that Sunday morning, when I woke up, the pain was much worse. Same thing as that previous Monday. I'm like, this is not good. I need to know what's going on. So finally I got checked and the doc was astonished. I don't want to say like astonished, but he was like a bit shocked. He's like, well, we can't give you an MRI yet because your leg is so swollen. It might be obstructed of the view and we don't want you to waste your money on that just <laughs> yet. Jesus. So he was doing me a favor. Thankfully, he wasn't one of those. Oh, you gotta, you no, gotta get, yeah, check just, out yeah, like you the get an money. MRI
0: today and get one next week. And no, just, just wait, no, thank wait God. till the, the you leg can, you know, get less swelling. Sure.
1: Yeah. So I have to be like on a bunch of, uh, anti-inflammatories and, uh, all that kind of stuff, like the, these pills I had to take to help it go down. And I would do like these stretches and exercises that the doc recommended ice and heat. I would do that like late at night when I'm not doing anything, like when it comes to watching training or just moving around a little. And it's like, it was starting to feel a little bit better. Like the swelling went down dramatically. I didn't feel as much pain. It was just like, something was in the way and preventing me to move it certain ways. And later, while well, I find out that this was one of the factors of what I found out the the prognosis was finally. So I got the MRI, my very first ever MRI done. And it took three days later, finally, four days later, finally to get the results back, like on a disk, to so where the doc can look at it in a very detailed manner. His prediction was pretty much the same as in, oh, it's either a strained calf or a strained uh, MCL because signs are saying that there may not be a tear because you're still able to walk and uh, somewhat sit down for periods of time and squat and whatever. And he found out the same day I did and he was immediately shocked. He's like, well, boss, um, your MCL and your LCL are strained, but as you can see right here, your ACL is at a complete tear. And I'm like, What And he was shocked too. Because that was not even an option in his mind from checking me. And that wasn't a discussion at all. And apparently, either that day at the show or at the training, it was already there. But of course, it got worse. And Mm -hmm. that's what happened. And it's like, oh my God, this is not even a partial tear. This is not a strain. This is a complete tear. So... Therapy at this point would probably be useless because, like, it's a tear; it's yeah, not you something can reattach
0: itself if you work out or and do stretches and bt yeah
1: yeah. So there is there was the option on the table of surgery and the orthoscopic surgery, and I got told in a great detail what they would do. Like for those that are wondering, eh, literally, what they were going to do. I wish I remembered the name of this tape. They called it a tape, but it was like this really strong thin wire slash rope that said oh if even 10 football players would pull on this it wouldn't budge it's like a very strong like thing that they're going to put in there and they were going to do I think two incisions and put those in there in place and take a piece of the hamstring to put there as well to where it's like oh it's going to be like new even stronger once it's a hundred percent and once I got told that it's like well it's not like they're going to cut like a six foot incision in me and take all this stuff out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, but make it turn whatever. you
0: into a robot, you know, in your
1: leg, but like, oh well here's a little yeah. piece of
0: artificial stuff, a piece of your hamstring and, and we can
1: we can we can do it nice. Work with that, you know? So that was the whole story from nearly a month of waiting to find out what the hell was wrong with me. And unfortunately it was the worst possible scenario. A complete ACL tear. Wow. And I'm still, you know, awaiting the appointment with a surgeon to when surgery is going to be set. And then I was told it's going to be at least six months post-surgery with recovery. And I'm looking to go as hard as I can on recovery because I want to be back as soon as possible, but as safe as possible, 110%. So my early predictions, like I mentioned in the video that I posted on the fan page is that. I may be back later this year, or if not early 2022, just to be on the safe side. So this was a big, you know, gut punch, a big running into a brick wall because I've never been in this situation. And I'm kind of getting used to like, oh, I'm not going to wrestle, train or do anything physical for a long time. So it's like, holy crap, like, what do I do? You know, I'm still processing it, but I've come to an understanding and this is, where I'm thankful that I wasn't only trained in wrestling. Like I was also trained on like how to run music, how to be a manager in a way, like getting reps out there, how to edit, how to announce, commentate, do highlight videos. Like I'm willing to give back to this business as best as I can by serving what I can do instead of just, Oh, I'm just a wrestler. Uh, I can't do anything else. Like I still want to contribute while be on the shelf just to show that hey i'm more than just this i'm here to at least be here not just sit and wonder what's next you know
0: i think that's a the smart move and i think lots of promotions would be uh happy to have your services outside of the ring uh and from what i saw on social media that yeah you're you're getting booked outside of uh, your, your wrestling gigs. And so so that's cool, and so- <laughs> man. And, and part of what you're doing also and still contributing and why I reached out to you was that, like, well, this podcast has a professional wrestling fan audience in a certain regard too. You know, it has a whole lot of overlap yeah. because of the people I cover. But I've had wrestlers um, promoters and former wrestlers on and now you. Um, but I think that's smart of you to – look at other avenues within the business they do that even on the largest scale right like at the wwe somebody gets injured or something's going on and so they get put again, oh, yeah. in a manager role in a commentary role in and have little uh, you know other things they can do as they heal and you have this interesting background um tell me again your your degrees
1: I have a major in communications with a minor in theater arts.
0: Right, and so like, of, of, of course, yeah, of course, put him on commentary. Of course, oh, put yeah. him,
1: put him in somebody's
0: corner to do a promo. You know, for a tag team. You know, like that's what I would do if I was a promoter. I'm like, well, okay, yeah. Well, let's just wait till he gets better. <laughs> yeah. You know. So I love that man. I, I admire that. I think that's yeah. I, I think that that's just good for you and good for the uh, people you're connected with. What advice would you give to, you know, young, aspiring independent pro
1: wrestlers? Hmm, That's a good one. This, uh, this goes back to what I mentioned earlier about the blueprint, the game plan, just because something may not work that you're trying doesn't mean that it's the end all be all whether it be like a certain thing you want to try or a certain role you want to play. There's no game plan when it comes to wrestling it's so many different avenues when it comes to as low as basics to as high as hey psychology or having a character or trying to portray someone that you are to a a level 11 or someone that you're not to level 11 and that to basically just not to give up, just to put your heart into it as much as you can. Because if you give back to this business by giving your 110%, it will give back 115% and so on and so forth. Because that's what a lot of people look for. Someone that are dedicated, someone that are willing to get better, willing to learn. And there is no like, oh, like you're expected to get here in this amount of time and that amount of time. Everybody has their amount of time on progressing and to be very patient, to be very willing to perfect it as best as you can. And one of my favorite things is to not do something until you get it right. It's to do something until you can't get it wrong. And that's everything in wrestling from the basics to moves to character work to whatever you want to do and to especially be ready for that in the sense of wrestling of where like uh, to get the reps in. That's one of the most important things that I would like to drill into people's heads. Reps, 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 as many times as you can, as many times as you should. I mean, even more than you should in certain cases, you never know. People look for that dedication and look for that effort. That's a small piece of what I would say, especially for those just starting out, no matter what age, because people could start in their 20s, their teens, their 30s. Anybody could start at any time and give in some sort of impression whether it be good great or even bad but hopefully more good than bad but that's how I see it with everybody usually
0: I like that point of getting uh again getting the reps in and that at most things any any kind of craft you know any natural talent only gets you so far I'm not a believer of like oh well talent will super no like the reps the work like like the people that put the work in, the cream rises to the top in the wrestling world, in the riding world, any other uh, sort of art forms, sports, combat sports, and so on, that if you put in the work, you can really excel with those reps and getting the practice in. It's like, well, you know, I always tell people, I'm like not good at basketball because I, I haven't sat at the free throw line and, and, and done 100 in a row. I haven't. Right. And so how, how can I expect to be good at that? but i've spent a whole lot of time writing you know i've spent a whole lot of time uh, fixing cars and motorcycles and i got the reps in there and so if you have something that you believe in and want to do that that's imperative to it even if you are maybe gifted at it but you got to get the practice in and so that's one of, i think that's that's good advice for wrestlers and in life so i think you're very smart yeah, to say definitely. so yeah so this is the riders and fighters podcast and you are clearly in the fight world because you are a yeah. pro wrestler <laughs> but do you do any writing or reading
1: well I don't like when it comes to reading I don't read as much as I used to like nowadays like I would read autobiographies of like wrestlers or if like certain uh books nice. imp like have an impression on me like from school that I never really got to focus on because it's Back in the time, it's like, oh, I gotta do this for an A, versus like, oh, let me try to enjoy it instead of getting pressured 100%, to like it. hundred
0: percent, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So in that sense, it's been kind of lost on me, but I'm always open to like read whenever I get the chance. And then, interestingly, when it comes to writing, um, I uh, used to contribute to Pro Wrestling Torch and do live reports online, like <laughs> Did in the Laredo, yeah, Laredo that's, that's and sick. Chicago shows. That's
0: so yeah, cool. Like,
1: because <laughs> i'm really big on stats you know like big on records like that's always been me i'm not sure why so it's like hey here's the report from uh 'cause because i would go to chicago like the chicago area in the winter and the summer like to visit family in bartlett like a suburb in illinois and it was always the christmas tour in chicago and around that area and i would always go to, to that arena and i would always you know contribute there like oh these are the results this was the crowd and I was really big on that, so for a while I did that, and also, and this that's might great. sound,
0: yeah, this you might sound bootleg, really you little bootleg wrestling journalist, you. you no, know? I wasn't <laughs> a Melzer. I wasn't like this stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, no, I just reported. That's cool. You know. There's a little correspondent out there. That's neat, man. For PW Torch, very cool.
1: Yeah, I did that for like. Probably six years until I don't know. I just, I guess I kind of stopped because they didn't really take any more detailed stuff. So I was kind of like, eh, if they're going to like heavily edit it, it's like, what's the point? It's sure. just like, oh, this happened. It's like, eh, it was fun while it lasted, but I did it for a little while and their reports are probably somewhere hidden there, but they're still there, I'm guessing. Cool. Hopefully, you know. So there's that. And also, this might sound, because I don't know. I know some people nowadays do this, like from the indies to even wrestlers like Tommy dreamer and Chris Jericho that do this. But I have a document on my laptop of every single match I've ever wrestled with where it was, what the match was the date and the time and the result and everything. Like I'm a big statistician, you know, like I have that with me, you know, on document on file of every single match. And it's kind of like, Oh, Oh, Whenever I hang the boots up, like, for the final time, it's like, hey, uh, check out everything I've ever done in writing, guys, or in typing. And here's the document right here. And videos, too. I record every match I'm in as much as I can to study and, you know, see what I could have done better, what looked good, bad, and just to have documented proof of, yep, this happened. Here's the link. You know stuff like that.
0: No, that's really cool to document your own career that way and have a good kind of a a, a bank of the of your trajectory. And yeah, I think that's super yeah. cool. Like <laughs> I I only recently got organized with like my own like writing and stuff like that. And several several years ago. I you know had a laptop stolen, had a bunch of writing and all this stuff. So it felt like starting over. Like imagine if somebody just erased like the first you know thirty entries of your spreadsheet with your you know res- it'd be like what the fuck? How do I get that back? And I and can't get it back. So like, oh, well, yeah, just move forward. So I think that's a really smart thing. So I'm going to tell you put that shit on the cloud also. And so
1: <laughs> I actually send it to myself on Messenger too. Sometimes like Oh, you got it
0: up. Yeah, just have it in a few places and stuff. But that's really just- smart of you. And again, that that might be a really good resource for people in the future and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, that's oh, cool, yeah. man. And I, again, I I also admire the again the the PW Torch contributions. I think that's really fun, man. Last little bit here. Yeah, you're in recovery and stuff like this, and in healing from your injury. But how can people keep up with your journey and with
1: Dill Dempsey online? I'm a pretty simple guy. Like when it comes to online, I'm mainly like on Facebook, Instagram, I don't get on Twitter a whole lot because I never really got accustomed to it. I've always been a Facebook guy versus a Twitter guy, but I have it just so like a promotion could tag me for their flyers that they post on Twitter so it's not just a blank entry like, oh, there's one guy in the flyer without a username. What's going on there? You know. So it's just like it's there. Like I'll get the notification. But uh, mainly on Facebook, uh, I have like my personal page, which is – dylan wells i do share my stuff there off the dill dempsey page on facebook which is just dill dempsey where i post highlights promos uh i promote what i'm doing and when i'm doing like especially with upcoming shows events that i'll be a part of and uh on instagram all lowercase it's dempsey 956 where same thing except in pictures i'll post like uh, throwbacks i'll post like current up-to-date stuff that's going on maybe a video here or two and uh on twitter like i said i don't really get on it but it is uh dempsey r-o-r 913 if you ever want to like check that out there's almost nothing on there <laughs> but uh, I mean, sure i'm a reference to tag and then uh you can find stuff on youtube as well people have recorded over the years like for their shows or for their like vlogs and stuff. If you want to see stuff, and uh, it's pretty simple in general. It's not like, oh, like here's my LinkedIn, here's my MySpace. It's like, whoa, hold on, you know, <laughs> that's too much to remember for me. So oh, yeah, for I, sure, those three avenues mainly.
0: <laughs> sweet man, sweet. So we'll direct people over over there and and get people following you and stuff, and uh, maybe check out some of your old matches. But dude, um, yeah. uh, just thanks for doing this. You're you're one of the folks that was quite kind to me there, you know, working, uh, you know, largely with five-star wrestling and those Lucha at the library shows, but a couple of other gigs where we run into each other. And, and again, we had a good fun rapport. Like we, we were barely acquainted. And then I would tease you by just putting sad reactions on all your Facebook shit. And you yeah, tease yeah, sure. me about it at shows. <laughs> and, 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 so aside from, you know, us goofing off and, 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 and playing around in the fraternity of the pro wrestling world, I admire you as a person. I I think it's great you finish your degree. Shout out to your pops, dude.
1: I'm proud of you both. Ooh, yeah. Thank you, my man. This was a fun, fun look back. You know, going back in time to where we are now from starting to having the injury. It was fun, you know, to collect on that.
0: No, yeah, dude. it's it, it was it was a good talk and and, and a fun journey. So we'll uh, we'll be in touch, buddy. And and uh, once once you heal up and, and you have your comeback,
1: uh, open invite. You got it. Yes, sir, my man. I got you. All right, buddy. Take care. Take care, my friend. Thank you.
0: All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I know I sure did. Dill Dempsey, good man. If you want to keep up with him, follow him on social media. On Facebook, just type in Dill Dempsey, D-Y-L, Dempsey, like Jack Dempsey, the boxer. On Instagram, Dempsey956. On Instagram, Dempsey956. On Twitter, it's Dempsey R O R913. Dempsey R O R 913. There'll be links, hyperlinks, in the show notes. You can also keep in touch with him if you follow us at writersandfighters.com you'll find all the social links we're on everything another quick thing I want to mention is on April 24th 5 Star Wrestling is holding a show called Reality Bites a fundraising event for Dylan 10 bucks for adults $5 for kids it's going to be in Laredo, Texas I have a little viewership there in Laredo so spread the word all you wrestling guys you guys are connected share that stuff show up there spend some money Alright, y'all. Be good. Be safe. Take care of each other. We'll see you next week.